Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. Welcome to Delving to Draft. This is episode 37, recorded on the 4th of August 2013. My name is Craig and I'm one of your hosts. Joining me this week is... Dan! News! The MTGO Community Cup was last weekend at PAX and we won! Yay! Or more actually, the community team won. So that means if you logged in uh, during the times it was on, you should have sitting in your account a nice foil Sliver Queen and a non-foil but yet FNM promo Rakdos Cackler. And those are yeah. definitely should be in your account by now because I'm looking at both of them right now. Not too shabby. Nice uh, change from last year. Where we got so well, we didn't get Soddle, but we may as well have got Soddle. We got Soddle's past. We got something. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Number one, we have re- we've regained the cup, so we um, have. let us not ever give it back to Wizards. Yes. Uh, you make the card is in its final, final, final round. They've basically. <laughs> Well, I think it is, at least. I mean, we are now voting on the final name. We had a number of votes for the final name, and their system broke, so they did another vote, and that broke. So now they're just <laughs> we're just in a straight-up vote. There's eight names on the list. Uh, you can go vote for them. I'm not 100% sure when this is ending, so maybe by the time you're listening to this, it's already over. But our eight final options were Vile Plunder, Drudge Rummage, Waste Not, Spoils of Misery, Riches from Rags, Necro Harvest, Skullduggery, and Carpe Noctum. Hmm. I'm not actually sure which ones were winning before they had to do the revote, uh, but yes. Well, um, the, you can probably get a little bit of a hint because MTG Salvation had their own uh, pull up, and the the results of that would probably be at least similar, um, although slightly segregated. But you know. That could have given a little bit of a hint as to which ones were winning in the pairings, but that doesn't tell you what they were like against things they weren't actually being voted against. Yeah. In case you don't know what the card is, it's an enchantment. Whenever an opponent discards a creature card, you get a 2-2 zombie. Whenever they discard a land card, you get double black in your mana pool. Whenever they discard a non-creature, non-land, you draw a card. Yeah. And it will appear in a future set. Who knows bit, when. bit like in Primeval Bounty, but... Very black. Yes. Um, it doesn't have a mana cost at present, and it obviously doesn't have a name, and we don't know what set it's going to be in. I suppose maybe it could fit into... Actually, no, it's probably too late even for Journey to Nix. I guess we're looking at uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, or whatever yeah. that set is. Or a core set. It's not f- that far off being playable in a core set. They usually have a little bit of a discard thing going with black. So it's entirely possible. What do you reckon it should be called? Not trying to influence anyone, obviously. <laughs> I personally like Waste Knot or Skullduggery. I like Skullduggery because it sounds cool, but Waste Knot just, it's understated and I like it. Yeah, Waste Knot's actually my favourite as well. Um, I really have to say I don't like Carpe Noctum. No, I think it's, just, it's a little bit forced. It is a little, yeah. Um, but if it wasn't going to be Waste Knot, then I think Necro Harvest is probably my second favourite, just because it it does actually say what the card basically does. Necro Harvest just sounds like a like a thrash band, really. 
Do it your necro harvest. <laughs> that just makes it even better. And this is vile plunder. <laughs> you know, um, oh, they, they could be the lyrics to an entire song. You could totally, totally put them all into one song. Well, I don't know. Riches from rags and yeah, I, I'm, 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 I think I think riches from rags could be in the bridge. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Challenge for next week: email in your lyrics, which uses all eight names. <laughs> Oh, uh, that would be awesome. Well, really Necrohawk, you are allowed to pick that. one of them as your band name, so if you can't pick Carpe Noctum in, Carpe Noctum is playing Skullduggery. Here we go. <laughs> Planned. God, that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> further news, Jewel of Planeswalkers 2014. If you don't have it already, you're a bad person. Also, on September the 18th, there will be an expansion. Another this one. one. Uh, this is the first one for M14. For Jewel of oh. I think. Okay. Unless I missed one, in which case, oh dear. Um, it's gonna show you further planar conflict using Elswift Terrell, which undoubtedly will not appear as a card, but anyways. There's gonna be five new playable decks, there's gonna be new campaign levels, uh, six of them in fact, which explains Ravnica again and Kamigawa, which is new. Uh, there's five new challenges and there'll be more persona portraits, achievements and trophies and other stuff. It's, See, that's way cooler. I actually thought that when it said expansion, it was just going to be some extra cards for decks. Again. Generally, the expansions will add in new campaign levels and new challenges and new decks, and then just before, like, Jewel of Planeswalkers 2015 will come out, we'll get just deck packs, which just add new decks, and that's it. Ah, cool. That's generally yeah. how they do it. Expansions and deck packs are slightly different. Expansions actually add more content. That's which, worthwhile, then. Uh, adding more content is definitely required because I I felt 2014 was much shorter uh, gameplay experience than 2012 or 2013. Yeah, I think a lot more was put into the multiplayer aspect, including like the sealed play and stuff. Like they expected you to get most of your game time out of stuff like that rather than the campaign. Yeah. Um, actually, interesting thing about the expansion doesn't mention anything about sealed, so we may not be seeing any modification to sealed, which. I don't know, it's a bit of a shame. We could have added an extra level and get a, a different booster with slightly different cards. Maybe have been kind of cool, but... Yeah, or maybe you'll just get, like, a free slot or something added in. Ho, 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 ho. You never know. Oh, I would be very surprised. But I'd be very happy at the same time. Eh, we can see. We can live in hope and die in despair. Yeah. Uh, last piece of news, I think. Oh no, second last piece of news. Um, the pre-release promos, the buy box promos, the game day promos, the release promos have all been announced for, uh, Theros. Just quickly touch on the names. Well, the pre-release promos, uh, if you don't already know, when you go to your pre-release, you should have, well, you should either pre-order or pick your color when you get there. There's just like we had in Return to Ravnica and Gate Crash. There's five boxes, one for each color, each with a different pre-release promo. Um, these are all the promos you get in the intro packs. So the Celestial Arkin, uh, Shipbreaker Kraken, Abhorrent Overlord, Ember Swallower, and Anthousa Sessian Hero. Those are the foils you get in the intro packs. These are the alternate art promo cards which you're going to get with your pre-release packs. Um, no confirmation yet that we're definitely going to be able to play with them, but I would imagine we're definitely going to be able to play with them. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why they would give you a different coloured one. Yeah, Otherwise. exactly. Yeah, so um, have a look at that. See which one you like the most. See which artwork you like the most. Whatever it is, it takes your fancy when it comes to picking. Or if you just like the colours, go with that, obviously. Um, yeah. Our release promo is going to be Bident of Thassa, which we'll just get into later, but this is one of the five weapons which represent the weapons of the gods. So this is obviously the blue one for Thassa, god of the sea. Um, our game day cards, the participation promo is Flanix Leader, 
Uh, our top eight promo is Night Howler. And finally, the Biobox promo is Sylvan Carlated? Uh, Carlated. Uh, Greek, you fail me again. Or lack of <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the cards, and I think we'll probably talk about all of them in the show. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure... We will make that a thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we talk about all of them in the, in the show. Final piece of news, and anybody who doesn't want spoilers for Journey into Nyx, take off <laughs> your earphones for the next 30 seconds. Okay, now that you've got a chance to take off your earphones, they messed up, Wizards messed up with some of the images for their Path of the Heroes, so we saw a nice picture all the way in the future, which shows Elswift standing right next to a Johnny. Cats! So, cats! So that is confirmed, pretty much, for uh, Journey to Nyx. Cool. Right, I guess the 30 seconds is up, so I think anybody who didn't want to get that spoiler totally missed out on the spoiler, so that's perfectly fine. Because okay. uh, you made a good point before the show that I totally complain about Wizards spoiling things far too far in advance, and that was definitely yeah. a far too far in advance spoil, but Wizards' fault for programming poorly, basically. Yeah, some people might not want to know that Nick Obolas is in Journey into Nick, so they might have just messed that whole section out. Indeed. I mean, that, you, you really don't want to know. I mean, that's Bolas again as well, and, and Elspeth. They, they were there before in Alara, weren't they? Yeah. We better, we better be careful we don't go over a 30 seconds, actually. Yeah. Theros is actually secretly Alara reborn. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> Let us move on to... Name that card! We should totally name that card cards which actually sound like good metal band names. That would probably require somewhat more preparation. <laughs> I, can, can I choose the criteria for this one? You may choose the criteria. Okay. A blue card... A blue card. Yes. Any blue card from any. Any blue card. Any blue card. Okay. Pretty much it. <laughs> okay, I'm having a look. Does it have to be mono blue? No. Okay, but it just has to be blue in the mana cost. Has to be at least blue. Okay. Okay, I have a blue card. Cool. Is it? Gosh. No, it's not. Okay. Right. Uh, this card is. From actually maybe not from uh, this card is a creature. Okay, uh, Kega. No, the tide star. No, okay. It's not Kega. The the tide star. Uh, this is a legendary creature. Ooh. Um. Ooh. Blind sage. No, it's blind seer, isn't it? Is it Blind Seer? Yeah, it is, actually. The one which depicts Ursa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I should know that. I've got the card. <laughs> you're on the right track, though. It is a wizard. Oh. A legendary wizard. Is it Arkham Dagson? It is not. Is that a legendary wizard? I don't know. I imagine it's a wizard. Not just a dragon. Arkham Dagson? No, it's an artifact-manipulating guy. I think. <laughs> Oh, maybe I'm getting confused about... Okay, I don't know the card then, I guess. Um, This card was... No, actually, when when is a bad criteria? Let's just say this card has Toughness 2. Wizard with Toughness 2. So not just the the puniest of wizards. Hmm. That could be... Azami? Lady of Scrolls? No. (sighs) 
Jeez, those are very low here. Uh, okay, it has a human wizard. I don't know if that actually helped much, because I think... Mm, there's quite a lot. Yeah, you've been mostly guessing. It's Although a I, get, I can take another guess, and okay. you've said something else. Braids, Conjurer Adept. Not Braids, Conjurer Adept. <laughs> uh, this card <laughs> is from the Time Spiral block. Oh, ugh, why did I not get this? I know exactly what it is. Joyra. It's got to be. It is not Joyra. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I thought I actually thought you go for Joyra like straight off the bat. To be honest, <laughs> I forgot she was a wizard until you said time spiral block, and then I thought, oh no, wait. <laughs> oh, uh, she's very much a wizard. Um, hmm. Okay, legendary creature, human wizard from the time spiral block, and a two-two. Oh, is it Venser? It is Venser. Yes! Shape or spot. <laughs> uh, I actually I think Venser because he's, he's so close to being like Joyra, like. Legendary Creature yeah, Human true. Wizard, it's a rare, it's blue, it's a 2-2, it's from Future Sight, both of them, you know. Fencer, I mean, a lot of two toughness human wizards. There. I haven't even heard of some of those, that was... <laughs> wow. Although, um, I just looked up Parkham Dags and he's an art- artificer, not a wizard. Which makes sense, I just didn't know Artificer was actually a creature type, so... Where, where is he from? Um, he's from Cold Snap. Oh god, right, I don't know, I know nothing about cool stuff. Yeah, I played in the pre-release, it's kind of interesting, but, I don't know, it was, it never had anything in common with any other set, and I was quite new to magic, so it made no sense to me. Right. Um, whereas now I would actually recognise some of the sort of references to previous sets, and, mm. and how it's kind of got some stuff in common with like Ice Age and stuff, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Right. God, you gone you gone for some obscure cards, so I don't know if I'm going to have any chance here. No, it's not obscure at all. Okay. Um, right. This is also a blue card. Funnily <laughs> uh, enough. Uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor. No. Okay. It is also a creature. Hmm. Um. um Snapcaster Mage. No. Ah, what can I say? That's good. Ah, I know. This is a popular commander. Hmm. You know, you haven't confirmed it's mono blue. So... This is true. Popular commander. Yes. But there's so many. I mean, Joyer of the Gitu is a popular commander, right? Yes, yeah. Joyer of the Gitu. No, I, I, I did think of it doing that, though. I thought, uh, if Joyra, Craig would probably never guess it, because he would assume that I wouldn't do Joyra, but... This you, is... So I'm really glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, shall, I, shall I tell you the other colour? Oh, right. Okay. Um, um, no, it, actually... I'll tell you it's a different colour. There you go. That, that's a clue. <laughs> um, Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth. No, it's oh. not. The other colour is green. Um... Oh, um, oh, I can't remember the part of the comma. Is it Momi or Vig? It is indeed. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> he, he does have a comma, doesn't he? Uh, is Momi or Vig, comma, Simic Visionary? Simic Visionary, that's it. I, I, I first was thinking it was going to be, um, Prime Speaker Zaganam, but I'm like, popular? I don't know if she's had enough time to become popular. Who's oh, Simic-y think... and more fun? And it was just like, ah, Vig. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was actually my first commander general as well, because um, I had an old elf deck. So um, what I done is it was out, it was way too old to play. 
So I basically took one of every card that I liked, added some more elves, added some blue stuff, and put more Mervig into the commander. It was interesting. I need to get around to building a Simic deck. I've, I've got Mumirvig, I've got uh, Experiment Crash, and I've uh, just wanted to build a deck, but I just haven't made the Commander deck yet. <sighs> Something I'm intending to do. Um, Actually, talking about Commander, we can go quite nicely into our main topic. Yes. Um, I saw that. I don't even want to talk about what the topic is. Let's just go straight into uh, Heliod's God of the Sun. You <laughs> make a very fine Commander. He would. He definitely would. Um, fact, to be honest, I think all of the gods would. Yeah, so... Uh, okay, fine. Obviously we're talking about Thero spoilers. Um, <laughs> and we've seen four of the gods so far. We've yet yep. to see Erebos, God of the Underworld, I believe is what he's called. Definitely yes. Erebos, at any rate. Um, Although it is worth pointing out that um, the blue one, Thassa, has not actually been officially spoiled. Yeah, so officially, officially, we've got Heliod, God of the Sun, the white one, uh, Perforos, God of the Forge, the red one, uh, Nylea, God of the yeah, Hunt, the green one, and yeah, unofficially but pretty confirmed is Thassa, God of the Sea. So, um, that's that. kind of cool that the first, um, card that we had the art for was Erebos, and it's the last one to actually be fully spoiled. The first <laughs> artwork we had was Heliod when uh, Theros was originally previewed. Well, that's true, but the first card frame with oh, right, artwork yes. in it, I meant, sorry. Yes, it's, the first yeah. partial card was uh, Erebos, and Indeed. they've never filled in the rest of the details. <laughs> yes, although we can have a good stab at it, because unsurprisingly, this is a mythic uh, cycle of gods, yes. and this is the first time we've seen god appear as a creature type. Um, they're all legendary enchantment creatures. Yep. Um, which means the text on the type line is exceptionally small. Um, they are all indestructible. Um, they all have an ability which is dependent on devotion. So devotion is one of the new mechanics we've got coming in Theros. And it basically, you have devotion to a color, for example, devotion to white, and then it cares about how many white mana symbols there are on permanence you control. Yes. Um, and which each kind of, if for anyone who's played it before, you would recognize it as Chroma. Uh, because that was the original sort of version of this. So when they said that there was going to be a returning mechanic that they didn't feel like they quite tackled properly, um, this is it. Yeah. Um, now, each of the gods are not a creature unless you have a devotion to their colour of five or more. So if you've only got like um, a couple of Tidebinder mages, which are double blue, uh, if you've only got two of them in place, so you've only got four blue mana symbols, then technically Thassa would be a creature. Although she does count herself when she's in play, and that would break the devotion threshold of five, and she would suddenly come to life, as it were. Yes. Um, each of them also have a static ability, or a triggered ability, um, and then they all have an activated ability as well. So yes. I guess we should just go into each of these in turn? Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah, so Heliod, God of the Sun, is uh, three and a white. As we say, he's a god and indestructible, and he's not a creature unless you've got five white mana symbols in play. He gives all of your other creatures vigilance. That doesn't matter if he's a creature or not. He will give all your creatures vigilance, including himself. Yep. No, not including himself. He said other creatures you control. Oh, yeah. it does. He oh, does well. actually give himself vigilance. That's surprising. That's uh, okay. strange. And for two white and a white, you can put a 2-1 white cleric enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. Hmm. Which doesn't I think that's, great. It doesn't. I think that's the strongest of the uh, activated abilities. 
because it's like as long as you've got him, you've got a way to win the game on his own. Whereas I don't think any none of the other gods really give you that. Oh, like the rest, the rest right. of them all need support. Whereas he can just keep spawning creatures, um, like similar things that we've had before to this, like Sacred Mesa, which produced Pegasus or Pegasi. Um, and I'm really hoping they print this or this block, but we'll see. <laughs> um, and stuff like that. I've always been particularly strong in that they can just win a game on their own. So that's, I think it's quite strong. So, okay, so he can pump up creatures and the rest of them can't actually do anything if they're not supported, but... The interesting yeah. thing about, of course, the creature tokens is that tokens have no mana cost. Yeah, so they so don't actually... Help the devotion, yeah. So even though it's white, it's not got any white mana symbols in his mana cost, so it doesn't actually keep him a creature. Yeah, I can see some people maybe getting confused with that with some other tokens as well. Um Just kind of expecting that... Hey, I've got a blue permanent or a white permanent. Why am I not getting devotion? There's something wrong here. Yeah. So you just have to watch out for that. Yeah. Uh, he's also a 5-6, which I suppose is also <laughs> worth mentioning. Pretty beefy. Yeah, they're all reasonably big. Um, Thassa, God of the Sea, is only two in a blue, so she's a little bit cheaper. She is only a 5-5. Five, five. That's not really <laughs> only, much of an issue. Only a 5-5. Five, five. Um, she also previews another uh, ability which is appearing in Theros, which is Scry. At the beginning of your RPP, you may Scry 1. Now, if you don't know what Scry is, that basically means you look at the top number of cards on your library and you choose how many of them to put to the top or bottom of your library in any order, I believe. Yes. So, for example, Scry 1, you just look at the top card and decide, do I want to draw that next or do I want to put that to the bottom? If it's Scry 2, then you look at both of the cards and decide which order you want to put them back in, or one goes to the bottom, one goes to the top, both of them go to the top, and you rearrange them, whatever you like. Um, Scry is really powerful, because unsurprisingly, you get to basically fix a lot of your draws, at least yeah. partially, and with Thassa, you fix a hell of a lot of your draws. Um, yeah, see, this is something that I think a lot of people are going to underrate initially, um, or because Scry doesn't seem like it gives you any immediate advantage. But the fact that you have this doing it every turn for free after you've played it, and it's so difficult to get rid of, uh, makes it really strong. Um, a close card to it, in a way, um, if you ignore the creature thing, a close cut card to that would be the Crystal Ball, which was a card in M12 or M13, and it was a three-mana artifact that let you pay mana and tap to scry one. Yeah, so just getting it for free every turn for a measly three mana is, well, three mana original investment is ridiculous. It is. It's, it's already good, and then it has so much more in there. Yeah. Like, the, the creature, it also gives you, um, unblockable, which in limited, being able to give any of your things unblockable is very strong. Yeah, so this is the one in a blue target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. Yes. I mean, um, you, you don't even need the devotion for this card to be well worth it. No, definitely honest. not. Um, I think the majority, I think all of the gods are actually good even without the devotion. Um, but then getting a massive creature on, as a bonus just for having five colored mana symbols in play is pretty good. If there's ever board, um, like board stalls in this format, um, the, the gods are going to just be even better. Yeah. Especially Thassa, because she can also make herself indis- uh, unblockable for the turn. Indeed. Uh, the next god, Perforos, God of the Forge, three in a red, um, all the usual sh- godly shenanigans. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals two damage to each opponent. 
which yeah. can be uh, really nice in Commander, and generally just shocking your opponent when you play creatures. That's pretty decent. It's pretty strong. It's yep. uh, someone's already mentioned to me that they would quite like to play this with Legion's Initiative to um, oh wow yeah bounce all of their creatures, <laughs> uh, which I think would be quite funny. <laughs> that seems a bit silly. Uh, for- I'm so glad that doesn't work in limited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fortunately not something you need to worry about unlimited. Uh for two and a red, uh creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn. So this guy is definitely going to be bringing the damage, the pain. Yeah, I mean it turns any creature, no matter how small, into a threat, because as soon as you play it it does damage. Um so even if they've got removal, it's you're doing something. Yeah. And then like even the smallest creature in a later game can get pumped up. So um say you've got a bunch of one ones or a bunch of what two twos. Um, the fact that they all get plus one plus one just lets you make such a strong attack in the late game. Like you've got like, say you've got three of them out and you get to pump them all twice with this. That's it's a lot harder for the opponent to block without trading creatures or probably bigger creatures in a lot of cases. But we'll we'll see how that. It depends on how many um, token producers or or good small creatures there are in red. For, for you to get like a really aggressive red draft deck based around them if you, if you, like, obviously you'd have to open them first to, to go down that route. I, I sense the gods are not being passed unless it's pick, you know, it's pack three. Yeah, I'd be very surprised to see if any of them really get passed. Yeah. Uh, and finally he's a 6-5, just so, yes. by the way. Um, um, the way they've kind of done this actually is, um, they've taken the, the sort of characteristic of each color so far. So, the baseline for the gods is either 5-5 five, five or 6-6, six, six. Um, and the white one has the extra point of toughness, the red one has the extra point of power, um, the blue one, because it's blue, has just base 5-5, five, five. and then the green one, because green's known for bigger creatures, has 6-6. Six, six. So, that's quite cool. And Erebos will be a 5-5-5-5 yeah, in true style. Yeah. It, it should be, right in the middle. <laughs> no, I think Erebos is likely to be in the, on the smaller side of things. It could be a 5-5 five, five or 5-6, five, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh. Nylia, God of the Hunt. Three and a green. Um, other creatures you control of Trample. Seems pretty good. And yeah. for three and a green, target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Yeah, which is another really good late game spell or ability. Like, Well, not even late game. I mean, as soon as you've got four man open, like, it makes it really hard for your opponent to block anything that you attack with. And it makes it very easy to activate heroic triggers. Oh, no, it doesn't. Heroic works on spells and abilities. Yeah, not abilities. Oh, I'm... curses. <laughs> that would be quite nuts. If you... I thought <laughs> still, just plus two, plus two is pretty good. Honestly. Yeah. When you've got the trample as well, of course. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and one thing as well is that so far there's been quite good synergy between the gods and their weapons. Um, so we'll, as we come to each of the weapons, we'll kind of we'll, there's only been three revealed so far, but um, like they do work well together. So for example, the the bow of Nylia, uh, which is a green weapon, um, is a three man artifact with double green, so it, it's kind of been designed for devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps with your devotion, and it also gives attacking creatures you control death touch. So you've got your trample, and you've got your death touch. Yeah, seems pretty nuts. Yeah, so so lots of damage, just 
all coming over to your opponent. But I mean, it, honestly, that would be okay with just that. Attacking creatures get death touch. Uh, yeah, for three mana and the double green for devotion. Yeah, it's seems, not bad. Yeah, seems pretty good. But it's a rare, so of course it's got more. <laughs> it's uh, got a, an activated ability. Um, you can pay one and a green and tap it to choose one. And the options are put a one one count a plus one plus one counter on a creature. Um, have it deal two damage to a flyer, um, or gain life three life, or put up to four target cards from your graveyard on the bottom of your library in any order. Which seems like the kind of strangest one to be tacked on to the end there. Yeah, that one definitely seems the most curious. But, I mean, putting a plus one plus one counter on something's worth two mana, and worth playing a card that can do it repeatedly. So, uh, it looks quite good. I like it. Yeah, the the bull looks... I mean, this bull hasn't yet actually been officially confirmed, has it? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't believe it's officially been confirmed, but assuming oh. that is the printed text, then yeah, that does seem pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the other weapon, well, one of the other weapons we got revealed is the Hammer of Perforos, which is one red and a red, a legendary enchantment artifact. Creatures should control of haste, which... Woo, fervor! Yeah, fervor, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of is fervor. Fervor costs three mana, this costs three mana. Sure, this yeah. is double red. And they're both enchantments. They are both enchantments, although this one is legendary and an artifact on top. Yeah. Um, it also has an activated ability, which is two red tap sack a land. Yeah. Uh, put a three three colors golem enchantment artifact creature token onto the battlefield. Yeah, that seems worth it. Turn your land into a three three. With haste, of course. Yeah. And cool. if you have perforos as well, it shocks. And then if you've got three mana spare, it's actually a four three golem. It is. <laughs> so so those work together as well like one puts creatures in one does something when creatures come in so that's okay. quite cool um, and the last one is Biden of Thassa the promo that we spoke about already yeah, the release uh, one you'll get on the Friday it's released hopefully. yes and this one tells us that they're not going to all be three mana because it's actually four mana but it still has double blue in its cost to help with that devotion um, and this one is whenever a creature you control deals damage to a player, you may draw a card. Um, which kind of works well with Thassa because she can give things unblockable. Mm-hmm. Um, or, sorry, can't be blocked. Yeah, um, it's a snow cold, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to keep saying unblockable forever. <laughs> I'm going to need to keep correcting myself. <laughs> um, I think the only change that they made like that that I caught on to really quickly was dies. Yeah. Because I'd kind of been saying it anyway. Yeah, dies is quite intuitive. The difference between unblockable and can't be blocked is just yeah syntax, really. It yeah. pretty much is. I mean, it's only the only reason that it usually makes a difference is if you're looking at it from a judge point of view. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one also has a, an activate ability, which is one in a blue and tap it to make creatures your opponent control attack this turn if able. Which suddenly gets rid of all those blockers, which will allow you to get all those extra cards next turn. Yep, pretty much. So it does kind of help itself as well, which is nice. It is a bit more expensive, though. I mean, I don't know, four mana, it seems a little bit expensive and limited for being able to give your guys, um, like, curiosity or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, how many cards would you need to draw before it was worth it? I mean, two, really? For four mana? Three? If, if If you just pay the four mana... And you don't have to activate its ability to actually 
get in with the creatures, then I would say two, because it gives you your devotion, which might help your other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's slightly overcosted for a divination that you have to work for. But the fact that it gives you, you might have to use the ability to get in there with the creatures. I don't know. It, you probably need to get three or four cards off of it to really want to play it. So you want to be a pretty aggressive deck. But I guess most are unlimited, so. Yeah. It's probably okay. But I'm not that excited for it. I'd much rather have Thassa herself. <laughs> although, although, interestingly, Thassa is one less mana than all the other gods so far, and Abidant is one more mana than the other two weapons. Yeah, I did see someone somewhere speculating that they might make it so that the pair always costs seven. Yeah. Uh, which could be true, so we'll just have to wait and see, because we've got two more pairs to be revealed in terms of mana costs but to find out. It, it doesn't really matter for a lot of it, because the chances of you actually getting the god and its weapon is very slim. It's not going to happen all that often at all. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. I mean, it could just always be that the difference in mana is one, so that you can play one right after the other. Mm-hmm. It could be anything, really. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the pre-release promos and talk okay, about Okay, okay. Um... So again, as I've said before, it's also the intro pack foil, so if you're wanting a regular foil one, then that's an easy way to get one. Otherwise, pick this for your pre-release and you'll get one of these special art ones. So, um, our white one is Celestial Archon, which is three white and a white, so a five drop for a four four, and it's an enchantment creature Archon, which shows off the bestow ability. So, again, another mechanic brand new for Theros, um, in this particular case, the bestow cost is five white and a white, but the bestow cost will change. And yep. bestow means if you cast this card for its bestow cost, it will be an aura spell with enchant creature. It will become a creature again if it's not attached to a creature. So yes. instead of casting it as a creature, it's effectively being cast as an aura. And it, if, and generally what we found with the bestow is that it gives the buff equal to whatever the creature's abilities are. A yeah. little bit like um, Blood Rush basically gave the boost equal to what the creature's stats were. So, for example, Celestial Archon is a 4-4 flying first strike. Or, whilst it's enchanting a creature, it gives plus four, plus four, and flying, and first strike. Yes. Which seems good. I mean, it seems good. I mean, a, a four, four flying first strike for five is brilliant. Yeah, Seven mana for... I mean, seven mana is a lot of mana for an yeah. enchantment, although it is a big enchantment. And, of course, when the creature is enchanting dies, you get the Celestial Icon. Yep. And another interesting thing that some people might not know is if you target a creature with this, um, it'll enter as a creature. Oh, now I'm getting... Yeah, because, because of how Bestow's written. Yeah, I was going to say, because auras normally, if they're not attached, go away, but because it says when it's not attached, it becomes a creature, then you're safe from the sort of removal. So yeah, it, it gets away that problem of auras of two-for-one-ing in both respects, whether you kill the creature which is about to get enchanted, or you kill the creature after it's been enchanted. Yeah. Although, so it's quite good in that way. Although expensive, but yeah, it's because it's got that extra protection and the extra power, effectively. You're getting quite a lot for your mana, I think. And I mean, this is a really expensive um, example of it. Mm. And I think one or two of the other ones have been fairly expensive, um, the ones that have been revealed. Um, But I I think if there was like a really cheap version of this, it could be really, really strong. And there might still be. Well, I mean, actually, the... Game day promo is a is a slight is a much cheaper bestow, so that's a good example of it. The game day promo is a three mana black card called Night Howler. Um 
which is an enchantment creature, same as um, the Archon. It has Night Howler and Enchanted Creature each get plus X, plus X, where X is the number of creature cards in all graveyards. And it starts off as a zero zero. So it's basically power, power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures in your graveyard. Um, but its bestow cost is only four mana. So it's actually quite, w- quite cheap in comparison to the, the Archon, mm-hmm. which might make it quite a bit stronger. Um, and if there's a few more like that, then these could be quite strong cards. But I mean, if, as much as the the seven mana archon is still good and limited, um, like it does need to be a lot cheaper to ever make it past that barrier, like to get out of limited and into an actual constructed format. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it it could be an interesting ability. Need to yeah. see more cards, though. I think yeah, it's one that more, more could go anyway, really. Indeed. Um, the blue promo is Shipbreaker Kraken, a four blue and a blue for a six six. So six mana six six seems okay. It is a Kraken. It has six blue and a blue for monstrosity four. So if you pay your eight mana, then you get to add four plus one plus one counters onto it. So we saw monstrosity on Polycranos already. That had monstrosity X. I think yeah. that'll be the only monstrosity X creature we see. The rest yeah, of the ones probably. we've seen so far have had a fixed number. Um, However, when he does become monstrous, you get to tap up to four target creatures. They do not untap during the controller's next untap steps. Oh, wait, no, sorry. They don't untap during the controller's untap steps for as long as you control the Shipbreaker Kraken. Yep, shuts down four creatures indefinitely. Until you can kill the 10-10 Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> so not not damage, probably. No. <laughs> probably has to be a, a removal spell. <laughs> yeah. As in Doomblade or... Well, not Doomblade, but, you know, whatever the set version of it is. Chain to the Rock, I think, is one of the removal spells. But, uh, yes. Except that wouldn't... Does Chain to the Rock not keep it in play? Uh, maybe, I guess. I uh, No, it's exiled. Oh, okay, that's fine then. It's exiled. So, so okay. that does work. <laughs> yeah, so so if the Shipbreaker Kraken comes ashore and, and grabs four of your guys, and you can chain them to the rocks and your guys can be free. Yeah, that's just awesome flavour. Yeah, except for when he breaks free of the rocks, he can then monstrosity again, and uh, yeah, you're you're back in this cycle. Yeah. Um, one thing to point out with the monstrosity, though, is you have to keep track of whether your guys are monstrous um, or not, whether or not, like, because the four counters don't necessarily represent monstrosity. Mm-hmm. If you get counters from another source, then your guy isn't monstrous, so you can still activate monstrosity. Yeah, so it's not like um, Undying, where basically, or even... Um, Unleash? Indeed, where it basically goes, do you have a counter on you, then the ability is either on or off, depending. Monstrosity isn't like that, it's not going, if you've got counters on it, then it is monstrous. No, no, you've got to activate the monstrosity ability. Yes. And, and also another important note about monstrosity, if you've activated monstrosity, thus making the creature monstrous, you cannot activate monstrosity again, so you can't go... Shipbreaker Kraken becomes a 10-10 <laughs> lockdown for your guys next turn. Shipbreaker Kraken becomes a 14-14 knockdown another for your guys. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. That would be sick and dangerous and wrong. Also, as why haven't you won? Yeah. Game yet? Um, as if it wasn't good enough already. And there must be a god on the other side of the table going, going, I'm indestructible. I don't care how big you are. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, this guy seems quite expensive again, though. Mm, he, he does. I mean, 6 mana 6-6 six, six is okay, but you you want a little bit more immediacy with your your six mana, especially if it's a rare. Like, yeah, a six mana six six for rare and blue. I mean, 
gone are the days when, you know, wizards only printed big creatures in blue as rares, like Wizard Rex, which is, what, vanilla 6-6 six, six <laughs> as a yeah. rare. Um, so, I mean, you'd expect a little bit more for your mana these days. And, I mean, yeah, the monstrosity is good if you get to activate it, but eight mana's a lot. It's quite expensive. Um, with Bestow on the Celestial Archon at seven mana and this monstrosity at eight mana, maybe we are looking at a slower format. Yeah, it could be. Could that could very well be the case? Yeah, we'll just have to see. Um, the black card, Abhorrent Overlord, seven drop, five black and a black for a creature demon, which is a six six with flying. Seven mana, yeah. six six flyer again sounds good, but seven mana, unless this is a slow format, I don't know if we're going to be seeing it that often. However, when it enters the battlefield, you put a number of one one black harpy creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield equal to your devotion to black. So, mm. worst case scenario, we're looking at two one one harpies because the double black in the barred overlord's cost. Yeah, because he comes in first, so you get the the bonus. Yeah. Um, however, there is a drawback to this card. At the beginning of your keep, you must sacrifice a creature. So those two harpies may well get start getting killed to give your six six flyer. In- yes. <laughs> but I mean, he's a demon. If he didn't make you do something like that, then it just wouldn't be right. Uh, this, I suppose, is true. Um, but this, again, this seems solid assuming 7 mana is a viable sort of mana cost to cast. Otherwise, obviously, if you can't cast it, what's it doing in your deck? But Yeah, I think if you ever have to cast this into an empty board, it's going to be pretty mediocre. Uh, I mean, it's, it is a 6-6 flyer, but it's only going to get to attack twice unless you have something else to sacrifice other than the two harpies. <laughs> and if they can deal with the two harpies, then he has to sacrifice himself. Yeah, that that is the, the potential weakness. Is that those harpies can easily get taken out. Then yeah, you spend a lot of mana on yeah. So I mean, see, I mean, you can't even afford to like block with the harpies or anything. So he needs to like probably have some board presence already before you play him to really get anything good out of him. Mm-hmm. Our red card is Ember Swallower. Two red and a red for a four-five, which sounds really nice. Actually, it's an elemental. Um, yeah. It has five red and a red monstrosity three. So again, you pay seven mana, it becomes a uh, seven eight, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes monstrous, each player sacrifices three lands. So yeah, you may be hurting yourself, but then they also have to deal with a seven eight with a lot less mana than they used to have. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you manage to activate this before they've played a seven drop or something that big, then it is setting them. Well, it's setting you back to four land, so you can still play stuff. And it's probably just setting them back to the point where they just can't deal with a, with a 7-8. Like At this. least not with a creature of their own effect. No. Because they won't go to no. cast one, yeah. So, I mean, they would, they would again, probably need a removal spell at the time. I mean, the good thing about this one is four mana for four or five is still okay. Like, that's, that's mm. quite low curve. It's good for red decks. Um, so it's just a really good aggressive creature in your red deck. So, I have to say he's the most impressive so far. Well, of, which, of the pre-release promos. <laughs> then can I impress you with Anthosa, Sessian Hero, three green and a green for a legendary creature, human warrior, four, five. So she's, she's the same size as the Ember Swallower, comes out a turn later. However, she does have heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Anthosa, Sessian Warrior, up to three target lands you control each become two, two warrior creatures until the end of the turn. They're still lands. Mm. I don't understand the flavor, but. No, I don't get that. Either. I mean, maybe it's supposed to be that, like, your your guys are hiding and waiting for an ambush? Possibly. Maybe. In the land? 
uh, this seems like a nice ability. If you can, you know, if you've, well, you may be sacrificing lands, but this, yeah, this is true. Again, really depends on how good the enchantments are, and probably how good the bestow creatures are. Because if you can get a couple of good bestow creatures to stick on this card, then it becomes really good. Um, I mean, yeah, you do have to be careful that your tutus don't just die, um, as is always the case with, like, abilities that turn land into creatures, but, yeah, it's probably not too bad. It, it's good if you, if you're using it to just be really aggressive, it could do quite a bit. Um, but the other thing you've got to be aware of is that it doesn't untap them. So if you've used the land, which, I mean, bestow has been expensive so far, so if you've used the land to cast your bestow creature, or your bestow enchantment in this case, then it doesn't actually help you. You don't get your heroic. So, well, you do get your heroic, but the creatures are useless. So I don't know. It it depends. There could be things that make this worthwhile, but I don't like it. Not yet. One thing in Ant House's favour, though, I think she probably has the best artwork of the pre-release scrolls. Yes, I think I agree. Yep, I agree with that. She has got the coolest artwork. Awesome, so she gets the artwork thumbs up at least, worst case. Also, she's the only legendary, and legendary creatures are way cooler than normal creatures, so she gets that one as well. Even enchantment creatures? Yeah, legendary creatures can be commanders. Is this true? I can collect them. <laughs> well, you can collect them all, but I know you do have you're, you're especially collecting legendary creatures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, I somewhat favour this, and we'll probably try and pick up a pre-release promo, even if I'm not playing green, just for that. Yeah, seems fair. All right, do we want to talk about the common cycle or not? Um, let's do the other two promos first. Okay. So we've already spoken about the Biden Thassia, which is our release promo. Uh, we've also spoke, already spoken about Night Howler, which is the game day top eight promo. Flannix Leader is our participation promo. So for double white, we get a 1-1 human soldier, which doesn't seem all that fantastic. However, has heroic. So whenever you cast a spell that targets a Flannix Leader, uh, in this case, you get a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, which does seem good. Yeah, it seems like it could be a lot better than some other things, because, I mean, this is going to be good enough to maybe make you want to just play things pre-combat on it. You like need it, to cast things pre-combat. This can be a combat trick in this one, because then all your creatures suddenly get bigger, and they're like, oh, I, where did this anthem come from? So, Oh, that's true, yeah. I, I don't know why. I, suddenly, I think I'd got it into my head that yeah. Heroic was useless with combat tricks, but no, it's normally good. That was an example where it wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. This is a really good with combat tricks. So if you can get um, a few of these, because they're only uncommon, so you've got a chance to draft in a couple. If you can draft a couple of these and a bunch of combat tricks, your, your deck's going to be pretty scary. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 he only I, I, makes himself a 2-2 on his first combat trick, but if well, he's given you other creatures plus one, plus one, then you get an extra value of everything, so it's quite nice. And of course this can be used both offensively and defensively, whether you're attacking and all of a sudden all oh, your guys are bigger, or whether they attack in and then all of a sudden, oh, yo, your guys are bigger, and, you know, yeah. just combat. Being able to put a plus one, plus one counter on all of your creatures with any instant targets a creature is pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, obviously you don't want it to be a removal spell. <laughs> Kill my phalanx leader. Although, you can. You may have to. It- if killing your phalanx leader to put 
a plus one plus one counter on all your other creatures to turn a combat in your favor is a viable thing that you have in play at the time, then go for it. I definitely see that being something I will do before we are done with Theros block. Yeah, yeah. That's killing like my it. own flanix, killing what some of my own creatures intentionally to trigger heroic for the benefit, which just outweighs the fact of just killing my creatures. Yeah, because I mean, you're only really losing a bear then. Yeah. At the time, so yeah, it's probably it's probably worth it. So you, you, can... are, you are losing two devotion to white, so Heliod will not shine happily upon you. I think it's been confirmed that it will be at all rarities. Yeah. Uh, our buy a box. Actually, I'll let you pronounce the buy a box card. Okay. <laughs> our buy a box card is Sylvan Carrioted. And I've probably gotten that wrong now just because. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, one in a green for a 0 3 defender. Eh. Yeah. That, that seems pretty rubbish. No, it does have a bit more text on it. Um, it's also hexproof, and you can use it to add one mana of any colour to your mana pool. So it's kind of like a hexproof Birds of Paradise that costs one more mana and is slightly better at blocking but can't attack. That was probably quite a few variations on Birds of Paradise. I mean, but, it's, it's actually, yeah, I was kind of going with you there. It's Birds of Paradise, but it's on the ground. It can't attack. It's got hexproof. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the thing is... The most relevant ability of both of those cards is that it can add one mana of any colour to your mana pool. So it is kind of like a Birds of Paradise that has been costed with one more mana to give it Hexproof. That's most of the time what it's going to end up being. Yeah. So. I don't know how to evaluate this. Like, I mean, we have seen there are gold cards in the set. More than I actually expect, I'll be entirely honest. Yeah, I didn't think there would be as many. I mean, we've seen at least... We've seen commons, I think. We've seen commons, uncommons, and rares, so, you know. Uh, I don't think we've seen commons. Oh, okay. But we oh, have... no, we've seen a mythic, sorry, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, we've, we've seen a mythic, we've seen rares, and we've seen uncommons. I mean, I would, I would surmise minimum of 15 gold cards in this set because yeah, of it. Because uh, they always want to kind of have the, the colour balance. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, I, but, uh, so how often we're gonna, this is gonna be really relevant? Who knows? I mean, is an 03 defender any good? I don't know. I mean, this could just oh, actually I, I, be for, uh, constructed because, of course, we're gonna have issues with mana bases. The fact this can generate any mana could be really good, but I, I don't know. I have to disagree. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things in this set that are gonna cost lots of mana. We've kind of realized that already. Um, I mean, just being able to afford to bestow your creatures instead of just casting them as creatures is such a great advantage. Like, you're basically getting an extra card out of that then. Mm-hmm. And just being able to fix as well as ramp up to the bigger cards, I think it's going to be really good. Because it can also, you know, it does block for the first turn or two. Um, it's going to get, there's going to be things that are big enough to attack past it very quickly, but... It's never going to die of Italy with Hexproof. Yeah, it's not great. The only time I can see this dying is if they attack with something with a nine combat trick to kill it. Hmm. If you block, but I don't know. Like you should be able to play around that at least some of the time. If it's an important card, you're not going to block in that situation. So I, I really like it. I, I think it's actually playable in. Well, it's, it's. I think it's good in, in limited. It's obviously a lot better in constructed, but I think it's good in limited. I don't know if I'd first pick it. As a rare. And it doesn't seem first pickable. I've first picked Bird of Paradise before, but I don't know. Like, it 
it's generally more of a mood thing than because I think it's the right pick. So it's probably not going to be a first pick. You can probably get this about third. But odds are, if you're already in green, you're going to pick it up third. Yeah, so. yeah. Cool. So those are all our promo cards, which we've got coming out over the next month-ish. Yeah, game day is about a month after the release. Yeah, roughly. Uh, so maybe, you know, well, I guess we're about a month off there, so, but yeah. two months. Uh, should we just look at cards in general now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we thought, sort of thought about a few ways to kind of go through the rest of the cards, but I think we should maybe just pick out ones that we like. <laughs> okay, uh, well, if we're not, if we're picking out ones we like, then... Or ones that we think are worth talking about at this point. Okay, actually, um, there may be a bit of an elephant in the room. Thoughtseize is in Theros. Yeah. One of the big exclusions from Modern Masters, which everyone was going, oh, it has to be Thoughtseize, it has to be, you know, the the other mythic or whatever it was, and it was noticeable in its absence. It is here in Theros. Yeah, which can only really be a good thing. I mean, it's in standard and stuff like that, it's not really an overpowered card, um, so it's fine for it to be around in standard. It's not like one of the things they could have reprinted, which would have been insane. Um, in limited, it's kind of it's a discard spell, so it's okay. It's not going to be um, really good. It's it's generally going to hit. It gets to hit any non-land, so it's going to hit something. It's a lot better than something like duress, which is kind of. It might hit something, it might not, but for a rare and limited, you're not really going to be that excited to open it unless you're keeping everything you draft, in which case you'll snap it off and just, you know, be happy that you've kind of paid for your draft. Because yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be worth money still. I mean, I don't know how much it is now, probably twenty twenty five pounds maybe. So even after reprint, it's going to be at least a tenner. So it's quite it's quite a nice value reprint. Um, and it'll hopefully let me pick up a playset that I've been wanting for quite some time now and have never gotten around to getting any of. So one for the cube and then three others because... Well, actually, knowing how I collect, I'll probably end up trying to pick up around 10. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely more accurate. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of got a bit of a stockpile of certain things, like seven Jaces at the moment, just because I want to trade them off after rotation. So, yeah, that tends to be more of my collecting style. It's just get a bunch of something I think is going to be good in the future. <laughs> Fair enough. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be exciting and limited, so... No, it, it, again, it it seems like not a first pick. No, um, in fact, I don't even think it's um, it's oh, it's going to wheel it junk quite wares. often. I think. Right. No, it's not going to be junk. I mean, I think you, you'll probably pick it around the middle of the bla- the pack if you're black because it is a better duress. And the only thing that was stopping duress from like black decks do kind of want duress um, sometimes, but the fact that it doesn't hit creatures is a massive weakness. So this being able to take a creature out of their hand potentially does a lot more. So it, I don't know, I'd, I'd pick it at middle of the pack. Probably on the wheel-ish. Yeah, I think on the wheel probably sounds all right. Um, another card I want to pick out, um, which was one of the first cards they previewed, uh, Wizards officially previewed, is Hundred Handed One. Oh, I love this card. Um, which, I mean, I'm, I I don't know much about Greek uh, mythology, I'll be entirely honest. Like, I know sort of the basics, everyone knows about the gods. And This is sad, I think I said in the last episode, most of my Greek knowledge comes from Xena, Warrior Princess. Woo. Don't blame me, blame the wife for watching it, to me just being in the room at the time. Anyways, sure. hundred-handed ones are apparently this thing in Greek mythology, but I won't go into that. 
this creature is two white and a white for a three five with vigilance. Seems okay. Yep. For three white, 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 which is pretty color intensive, but it looks like we may want, you know, monocolor decks. It gets monstrosity three. And as long as hundred handed one is monstrous, it has reach, which is nice, and it can block an additional 99 creatures each <laughs> combat. See, I just love it. Like, the fact that they've put an additional 99. I mean, it's effectively any number. saying it can block any number of creatures. But the fact that they've put the number 99 there is just perfect. It's it's spot on flavor-wise. I love it. I don't, I don't even care that the card's pretty mediocre for limited. Can I also make the bad joke? It's got 99 problems, but blocking ain't one. <sighs> Thank you. That's Someone all. had to. I, I, <laughs> may have been the reason I picked the card out. <laughs> but I mean, actually, to be fair, when you do monstrosity, it's pretty hard for them to ever attack you again. <laughs> yeah, because you're blocking the flyers and you're blocking as many as you need to. I mean, yeah, they, they pretty much need to have their own monstrous creatures to get past it. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm going to surprise everybody or maybe nobody, and pick a blue card. Um, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm going to go with Master of Waves. It's a four-mana blue card. Unfortunately for Devotion, it only has single blue cost in its casting cost, single blue mana in its casting cost, um, but there's a good reason for this. The creature on its own is a 2-1 with protection from red, which gives all of your elemental creatures plus one plus one. It isn't, however, an elemental itself. It's a Merfolk wizard. So, there must be something to do with elementals. Well, in fact, when it enters the battlefield, you get to put a number of 1-0 blue elemental creature tokens onto the battlefield, equal to your devotion to blue. So, obviously, with this guy still around, there'll be two ones, and if he ever dies, they'll all die too, unless you've got some other effect boosting their toughness. But, he gets a minimum of one, so, at the very worst, this is four mana for two two ones. One of which has protection from red. So, it's not the absolute worst. It's a mythic, so you probably expect to get a lot more than that out of it. But I mean, as soon as you've got a couple of permanents, it's plenty of value. I don't know if I understand why it's mythic. I mean, how powerful 2-1's gonna be? Like, if you can just get a swarm of 2-1's, it would be pretty scary. But then, they do just instantly die if you kill the Master of Waves or exile it or anything. That's true. I, I, this doesn't feel like a mythic to me. I think this could have just been a rare. I'm not seeing why it's so mythic. Unless <laughs> unless there's a lot more elemental creatures and actually, you know... I mean, the Ember Swallower would get plus one, plus one. But beyond that, it's... I think he'd probably play this in an aggressive blue-red deck. I mean, the thing is, in Limited, as much as you want Devotion and you want to be monocolored, you're probably going to still have to go two colors because yeah. that's usually the way that cards break. Getting a monocolored deck is very difficult unless you're the only person drafting it. So Master Waves is probably going to fit quite well in an aggressive blue-red deck in that it's letting you get some damage in early with your red creatures and then hopefully some some Tritons because, you know, the Tritons are likely to be fairly aggressive. Um And then this guy comes out and just kind of gives you a bunch of extra value. But, I don't know, it could could go either way. That will probably depend on how good the blue aggressive creatures are. Um, But if the blue aggressive creatures are good, then it's probably going to be good as well. Yeah, I don't think we've seen any small aggressive creatures yet from people. I mean, I I only really like this in Limited. I would never really want to play it in Constructed. But maybe that's me. Maybe I'm not seeing something that other people would for Constructed. 
But unlimited, it, it seems like good value. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a mini blue um, Herald of the Night pack effect. I suppose, yeah. yeah. And it's a lot cheaper at four mana. So it depends. It, it, I mean, it's, it entirely depends on how blue your deck is. But knowing me, a lot of my decks will be very blue. So I'll be happy to open it and I'll probably pick it. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't want to pass it, because then, you know, somebody else is going to end up taking all your blue stuff, because they'll pick this. Yeah, that's true. I'd say it was a first pickable card, at least, so. I mean, I'd probably first pick it, I'm just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the justification for Mythic. Like, Rare, sure, I understand. Mythic, I'm, I'm not quite getting it yet. Yeah, it might just be the potential. Like, hmm. ah, you're, you're probably right. It is, it is a bit more rare than Mythic, but. Yeah. Oh. For what you get, I'm still happy with, with the card. Right. Uh, let us talk about a legendary creature, because legendary creatures are awesome, right? Yeah, legends. Uh, Daxos of Mil- Miletus. Miletus? Miletus, that sounds good. Miletus, uh, Miletus. Miletus. Yeah. I've been saying Miletus, but yeah. Daxos. Daxos of that place, which is blue yes. and white, for he is one blue and white for a 2-2 human soldier, which, eh, okay. He can't be blocked by creatures of power three or greater. So guess doesn't draft. Uh well I I guess you may be having flashbacks depending. Same cost, same power, evasion. Uh well, not evasion, but eh. Yeah, yeah. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nothing like guess doesn't draft. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you fell over there. Anyways, uh when he deals combat damage to a player and they're just playing monsters and he's going through Exile the top card of that player's library. You gain life equal to the card's converted mana cost. So, you know, he's a 2-2 with some evasion, and he'll gain you life, which seems pretty awesome. And I guess really slowly yeah. mill them. <laughs> yeah. But there is more. Until the end of turn, you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. So many words. So many words, but th- that last sentence is so ridiculous. So I exile a card from your library, gain life off of it, and I can still cast it. Doesn't matter what color it is; it's effectively a colorless spell. Yep, pretty strong. That um, I mean, and, that seems nuts. Yeah, I, I really like it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's only going to get killed by a creature with power two, or two creatures with power one, and yeah. oftentimes it's going to. Like, be able to just attack it. If you just put one enchantment on it, one aura on it. Yeah, I mean, as soon as, if you can ever get its toughness above two, then it's going to be very difficult for them to, like, trade favorably, favorably with it at all. Turn two, Flanix. Turn three, Daxos. Turn four, cast something on Flanix, make Daxos three, three, swing. Yeah, that could work. Mm-hmm. It's not that difficult to pull off, I don't think, either. No, I mean, I, I could, you know what? This guy should be the mythic. Yeah. yeah, you know, get get that blue card and make it a rare. Swap these two around. That that would that feels more right somehow. Well, you see that I'd maybe agree with that, but considering that we probably know what the blue white mythic is going to be, I don't think that yeah. that quite compares because that probably leads on quite well to the blue white mythic. <laughs> the the blue white mythic um, is Medomai the Ageless which is a legendary Sphinx. Ooh. It's a uh, six mana, so four, a blue and a white, for a four, four flyer. And it has the ability, whenever Madomai the Ageless deals combat damage to a player, take an extra turn after this one. 
it does kind of rein itself in a little bit in that it can't attack during extra turns, but still. Because then you would just have infinite turns. Yeah. But, I mean, being able to get two turns for every one of your opponents until they can deal with it is pretty strong. I'd say that feels mythic. Very mythic. That definitely is mythic. Should point out, this. that isn't a confirmed card, is it? Mm, I'm Offici- not sure. It's not officially confirmed yet. <laughs> um, close enough. <laughs> Although I think we've, we've seen this picture, I think, in the latest... Yeah, uh, we've, and we've heard his name, and, and Mark Rosewater has already said that there will be a uh, creature who, when he hits, will have an effect that's the same as one of the Power Nine, and getting an extra turn is, in fact, one of the Power Nine. So yeah. it's everything lines up to basically support that it's... A, a proper spoiler, so mm. I, I'm calling it real, whether it's been confirmed or not. <laughs> if I'm if I'm wrong, then everyone can slap me. I'm saying it right now. I'm trying I'm to sit as much sure. as I can on the official side of the fence. Yeah, I suppose. I I, I, I I'm taking the cautious route. <laughs> Fair enough. It hasn't actually been revealed if this is mythic either. So, I mean, as much as I'm inferring that it's mythic, it may well not be. I'd be very surprised if that wasn't a mythic. <laughs> True. Uh, another gold card. Uh, this is definitely a rare because it's definitely being confirmed. Polis Crusher. Two red and green for a 4 4 Cyclops with Trample, which seems good on its own. Yeah. Protection from enchantments. That seems pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. okay, sure, you can't enchant it, but then all those enchantment creatures you got, that ain't touching this guy, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and for four, green and red, it has monstrosity three, so it then will become a seven seven if you can get up to your six mana. Which isn't that bad actually, it's reasonably costed. It's only two turns after you play it in the first place. Yeah, it, it seems pretty good, and six six trample, uh, sorry, seven seven trample, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, if it is monstrous, then it will destroy a target enchantment that player controls. So he is Mr. Mm-hmm. Anti-Enchantment. He Which- no like your godly stuff. Yeah, which in this set is obviously going to be pretty good. Yes, yeah. seems to be quite a few already. Yeah, even if you're even if you're bestow creatures, you're not casting for the bestow cost. They're still enchantment creatures, and they're going to start yep. blowing up and not being able to block this guy. So, yeah, he seems pretty good. Yeah, he uh, looks a lot less exciting than I think he ends up being. Like a lot of the time when you play him, you'll feel a lot stronger than you originally look, than he originally looked. Mm-hmm. So that's quite cool. I like cards like that. Yeah, and the artwork's pretty cool as well. With basically this massive <laughs> yeah. that's coming down to crush the viewer. Yeah, <laughs> I like like the thing is they they usually do the thing with like scale birds, mm-hmm. but I, I think this is one artwork that kind of gives you the idea on its own that yeah. it's huge. <laughs> he is about to crush you with his foot. That's how small you are. Unfortunately, they still put scale birds in the background for some reason, or something. Yeah, I think those are scale birds. Uh, there's definitely something in the background. Uh, for for anyone who doesn't know what the scale birds thing, it's kind of like an ongoing joke from Zendikar Block, when basically everything in Zendikar Block and pretty much the the sets either side of it, um, if it was supposed to be big in any way there were always birds in the picture to show how big the thing was in comparison to the birds. And it was like on so many cars at the thing that it's, it's now kind of just a, a ridiculous thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it may be on some of the god cards as well, to be honest. I think... 
Yeah, um, the green one has scale birds. It's only the green one though so far. Yeah, because then you got you got like trees to compare for like Heliod and uh, <laughs> an entire volcano for Perforos. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of gives you an idea, I suppose. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Although yeah. what what I have noticed as well is that like the the weapons aren't. It doesn't really show you how big the weapons are. No, because they're just sort of floating. In yeah. The so as much as they have got like. For example, the bow has some trees in the background, which maybe infer that it's kind of giving the impression that it's bigger. Um, you, you just can't tell for sure. So. I mean, if you look at it in the hands of the gods, that would give you an idea. Yeah, that, that kind of tells you. They're huge. <laughs> yes, and they do a lot of work, as we've seen. Yeah. Okay, um, what else? Oh, this this was... A- funny little card, which I wasn't quite sure how good it was going to be, and I guess we probably won't be able to tell until we see the whole set, but Hunt the Hunter. Oh, yeah. It's a single green for a sorcery, and it's an uncommon card. Target green creature you control gets plus two, plus two to end a turn, which eh, seems a little narrow, but seems okay. It fights target green creature an opponent (laughs) controls. Now, this is a really odd prey upon sort of thing going on, or Hunt the Week sort of thing going on. It's a very, very specific card. <laughs> yes. I mean, this seems really narrow. You need a green creature, they need a green creature, your green creature has to hopefully, you know, be at least, like, what, no more than two smaller than what you're about to kill. And that's yeah. trading. And yeah, this just seems really narrow, unless there's a heck of a lot more gold than we thought, and there's a lot of, you know, cards with green in the gold, then... Yeah, I think this is basically a sideboard card. I mean, in a draft, there's going to be maybe three green players at the table, so your odds of playing another green player are like one in three. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it seems like a pretty meh card. It's it's really funny that they've done it. Green on green. Green on green action. I'm not going to... It's quite a cool flavour, though. Like, Hunt the Hunter. Like, they've kind of captured what that would be. Yeah. Something turn around, suddenly being bigger, and then fighting the the bigger thing. Yeah, I'm talking about flavour and talking about removal and talking about one-drops. Chain to the rocks. Yeah. Uh, This is a single white. Now, this is a rare, and it's an enchantment aura. Enchant mountain you control. (laughs) So, yeah, you need to be in white and in red for this card to work. Yeah. When chain to the rock enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until chain to the rocks leaves the battlefield. So, again, we're seeing... The new uh, O-Ring ability, or sorry, Banisher Priest is, of course, the better card to refer to now. So, again, it's just XL for as long as it's on the battlefield, so you can get rid of it, then nothing gets XL. But, I mean, obviously, this is very flavorful. This is the whole idea of um, Prometheus getting chained to the rocks, isn't it? I'm yeah. saying Prometheus. This is where I start already questioning my lore. <laughs> um, but again, this this is a really odd removal spell. Like, sure, it, it kills anything. It doesn't matter if it's monsters. It doesn't matter if it's your 1414. I accidentally broke the Shipbreaker Kraken. It gets rid of it, but you need a mountain as well. Yeah. So you, this is a... It's forcing you down a particular color combination for this removal spell. It is. I don't know. Like, it's probably good enough to play. First of all... But you... Uh, I don't know. I mean... No. I don't think... In a bad pack, possibly. 
Um, because, I mean, it is a very strong removal spell if you are red-white, and if it's first pack, then, you know, you can still be red-white, but it's not the kind of card that I'd want to force my colours for. Hmm. Um, I don't know, I like the, the, I can't see this being particularly played in limited, because it's just too, it forces too much on you. Yeah, I mean, I can easily see this being played in constructed formats where you can, you know, yeah, I mean the good thing is if you are red white and one of these is open, there's a decent chance that it will it will come to you. Interestingly, you can chain multiple creatures to the same mountain if you want. Yeah, I think saying that you can't <laughs> chain them all to this one mountain, a mountain of chain giants and <laughs> hydras and krakens, all kind of going. Why are we stuck here? Yeah, I mean, I think this is possibly a card that I see playing blue, white, red control decks in standard, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the only thing I can see this card being useful in. Yeah. So But it's 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 very cool flavor. I, I do like that. Yeah. Right. I will choose another card that is also pretty awesome. Titan of Eternal Fire. Ah, so we're going from the tale of Prometheus to Prometheus itself. Yes. Uh, Titan of Eternal Fire is a 6-mana 5-6 giant. And what he does is he basically gives fire to the humans. Because he gives every human creature that you control the ability to pay 1 red and tap it to deal 1 damage to something. Which, if you've got a lot of humans, is a very strong ability. But if not, then it's pretty mediocre. But hey, at least he's about the right size for his cost. Yeah, yeah, this is true. But yeah, I think it's very awesome. That's a, such a cool, cool idea. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that hits the flavor. Yeah. Right, right on the head, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably put this very early in a draft because then you can build around it and make sure you get enough humans. Because mm-hmm. if you, if you do kind of build around this card and then play it with two or three humans, like that's probably enough to get value, then you can A, kill off small creatures, or B, just start burning them in the face. Uh, which, if there are board stalls, will win you the game eventually. Yeah, indeed. So, it's very strong. It's, it kind of reminds you a bit of, like, Koth's, like, Koth's, Koth's, uh, emblem. Ah, uh, where mountains. given all your mountains the, the, this ability, basically. Yeah. Because you still have to tap the mountain. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like that card. I thought it was quite flavorful and, and also, Potentially a fun build around my card for draft. Definitely. Um, keeping on the flavor kick. Pice, Chris of Pandemonium? Pixis of Pandemonium? Oh god, who cares? It's Pandora's box. <laughs> it's a one mana artifact. Tap. Each player exiles a top card, his or her library face down. So everybody yep. puts things into the box, so you don't get to see what they are. But for seven, tap and sacrifice Pandora's box. Each player returns all fa- sorry, each player turns face up all cards he or she owned exiled with Pandora's box, then puts all permanent cards amongst them onto the battlefield. Yeah. I mean, this hits the flavor spot. I, I think as a card, it's completely unplayable, except we're in Commander. Um, but It kind of works with Scry, though. I sp- oh, yeah. I mean, assuming you think you can get to the seven mana to sack it. Yeah, it's, imp- it's entirely possible. I mean, you never know what your opponent's going to get, though. That is the lottery you're running, even if yeah. you are scrying all the good stuff. Uh, I mean, you can kind of decide what you're getting, but you're putting a lot of effort into it, and then your opponent might get pretty much just as good stuff. You never know. I mean, the fact that you can choose when to activate this is quite good. So, I mean, you might just want to activate it for a couple of cards and take the risk. 
And I mean, there's a good chance that if you maybe take three cards, only one of them is going to be a creature for your opponent. One or maybe two. So, I mean, it, it's very luck-based, but it seems like a fun card anyway. It reminds me a bit of Hellvolt. It, it does a bit, actually. I mean, uh, Hellvolt worked a bit differently. It, it more sort of jammed your creatures away, um, and it didn't have any way of getting rid of itself. No, you had to destroy it with some other effect to actually break it open. Yeah, but um, yeah, I did the same thing where basically you, you shove creatures inside and I know the creatures would pop out, but um, that I never saw Hellvolt played. I mean, Leo's a mythic, so it was you know, harder to actually get, but... Yeah, I had it in draft, and it was quite strong just for the exile ability when you got to the right number of mana, That's but the, the format again. was fast enough that it was a very risky thing to have in your deck. <laughs> yeah. But it's still cool. It was still cool flavor-wise, and I think this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, again, I mean, the the Vorthos is amongst us. Well, it's just gonna, they're just going to love this. Like, even with my ignorance of Greek mythology, I get Pandora's box, I get Prometheus, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't get the hundred-handed ones where they're uh, 50 heads and they're hundred hands and they're god-killing ways or whatever it was. I mean, I don't get that, but Pandora's You could box. even just, like, put this in a deck with lots of expensive stuff and just play the lottery. I mean, that would be constructed, but... It, it yeah, it's, it's the uh, possibility storm. Hope you know, play my one drop. Hope to hit my seven drop or whatever. Get my world <laughs> spine worm out that way. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, it seems fun. I like it. It's a very cool design. It'll be quite, quite fun to play. They, they've done well on on some of the tropes you were sort of expecting to see. Yeah. Um, oh, another uh, big Greek mythology thing: um, Underworld Cerberus. Um, this guy is a 5-mana 6-6, six, six, and he's red and black, so he has one of each colour in his casting cost. Um, he is a hound, which does make sense, and Cerberus is basically just a hound with three heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has the abilities of he can't be blocked except by three or more creatures. So because he's got three heads, you've got to have someone in the way of each of them before you can block him. Yep. Um Cards in graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities. Don't feel like that's going to be quite as common, like, that that matters in limited. But, yeah, it's possibly relevant for other formats. Well, there are cards which do target stuff in graveyards. In this yeah, there's, there is one or two already, so we can maybe touch on one of those next. Yeah. Um, and the other, the last ability it has is when Underworld Cerberus dies, exile it, and each player returns all creature cards from his or her graveyard to his or her hand. So the idea is, if you can kill the Cerberus that's guarding the underworld, you can get everything back. Flavor win. Yeah. And it's also a pretty strong card, I reckon. I mean, it's a, it's 5-mana 6-6, six, six, which is good anyway, and it's, it can be blocked except by 3, so, like, it's probably doing a lot of damage to someone's face. Yeah, and if it's not, it's getting rid of, you know, quite a few creatures. I mean, the downside is, if they triple block it or whatever to kill it, then they get all three things back to their hand. So, you know, they're probably at that point getting a little bit more back to their hand than you are, but still. It's it's a cool card. I really like the flavour of it. Yeah. And it, it's definitely first pickable, I oh, would yes. say. It is worth, worthy of the mythic symbol, does. Yes. <laughs> a mythic mythic. Yeah, so talking about... Uh, the graveyard, um, rescue from the underworld. 
I wonder if you can guess what this does. Four and a black. <laughs> it's an uncommon instant. And as an additional cost to cast it, you must sacrifice a creature. Choose yeah. a target creature in your graveyard. Return that card and the sacrifice card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of your next upkeep, then exile rescue from the underworld. So, I mean, the name really does say it all. You, a guy dies, but then he comes back with his friend, which he's rescued from the underworld! Yay! <laughs> Unless they have an underworld Cerberus, in which case Cerberus goes, uh-uh, you, you, you can sacrifice, but you, you can't choose a target creature card to return. Yeah. Um... Actually, you can't even get that far because you need the target. But yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. cast it. <laughs> but yeah, unless Cerberus is guarding the gates of hell, then yes, you can cross the river Styx as depicted in the artwork and uh, get your person back. I don't. I think there's actually another card which does this. I'm trying to remember where it is. I swear we've seen another one which gets something back from a gift of immortality. Here we go. It's yes. two in a white enchantment aura, enchanted creature. When the creature dies, you return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control, and you return Gift of Immortality to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. So, slightly different. You're not going into the underworld to grab him back, but this guy effectively can't die unless you get him in that brief period of time when he isn't being gifted with his immortality. Indeed. Um, I can see myself first picking that card, though. Uh, Yeah, definitely. It's just great value. I mean... It's always going to get you either your unless they destroy the enchantment first. You're always going to get your creature back at least once, so you you've got basically no risk of losing value on it. Um, I think maybe if they exile the creature, yeah, if if they exile it, then that's pretty much the only way they can you know blow you out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool, and I have to be honest. Again, I'm thinking about standard, but this card is awesome with a certain Selesnia card, Voice of Resurgence. If, if you want to break off, and we can also do a delving into constructed <laughs> for, or delving into standard <laughs> podcast. Like uh, you know. no, I, just, I just have to admire how, how good this is with, uh, with that card. Yeah. Because, it, obviously, when it dies, you get something as well, so like you're just getting loads and loads of stuff. Which is awesome, and if you can at some in some way sacrifice it, then you've got yourself a pretty cool engine there. Although I think that's a, lot, a little bit less likely that you're going to have some way to sacrifice it as well. I don't think we've seen any sacrifice outlets. I mean, except for the Ember Solar, which kills lands. So and the the rescue from the underworld. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's well. I suppose it is sacrificing, but. But you're getting it back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> having gift on it does not really help you there. Oh, actually, the abhorrent overlord. Okay, I'm just going to shut up about there's not much sacrifice <laughs> here. Ah, uh, dear. But yeah, with the, with the rescue from the underworld, um, going back to that quickly, um, I think it's really good that this is an instant, so you can do it in response to removal as well. That makes it a lot more powerful. I mean, admittedly, having five mana open when they go to kill one of your creatures is a little bit much, but it's still entirely possible. I... I'm wondering, I mean, okay, so I'm looking at Rescue of the Underworld, it's five mana instant, there's a lot of mana to keep open, like you just said. Um, there's Vanquish the Soul, which is, it's a removal spell, it's six mana. And we got all this Bestow stuff, which is really expensive, like there's some common Bestow creatures where the Bestow cost is four or five. Yeah. Um, this, either this is going to be a really slow format, like I feel like, it feels like Abyssin Restored in some ways, like that sort of speed. Mm. or stuff like Bestow is going to end up being like Scavenge, where it's just too expensive and too prohibitive to actually 
really do much bestowing. Just like it was kind yeah. of like hard to do much scavenging. Like I'm wondering, I'm, oh. I mean, maybe this isn't the only two sides of the coin to could land on, but I'm wondering where this is. Like, I'm kind of hoping that it goes down the route of um, Rise of Eldrazi because that had massive creatures that were really expensive, but the format had a lot of different angles to it. So you could make an aggro deck, you could make, like, for example, it had uh, Goblin Bombardment in it, or or a very similar card, I can't remember if it was actually Raid Bombardment, I don't know. There was there was a card in it that basically let you do lots of damage if you had lots of little creatures, so um, it was designed to have, like, all these different draft archetypes in it, like it had the, the Defenders deck with Vent Sentinel, which could deal damage based on the number of Defenders you had. Um, and stuff like that. So it, it was a very varied draft format, and the fact that it had massive creatures in it um, made it sometimes slow, but not always. So you know, you, you were taking the risk of having the big stuff, but you might not get to cast it because okay. there were, you know, the the were aggra- aggressive decks in the format. Yeah. So you had to kind of try and. It's almost like when you are playing constructed, and you have to consider what different types of decks are going to be. Like, if you want to play, uh, like, a control deck, you have to be aware that there's going to be some decks that are going to be rushing you early, and there's going to be some decks who are just playing big things. So, it, it's kind of like that. It's a lot more of a, a well-rounded metagame. Um, whereas I think, like, normally draft pretty much ends up being everybody's a bit aggro mid-range. You get control decks, but it's, you know, not as common. So, I, I like when there's a bit more variety in the format. So we'll just have to wait and see if that's actually how this works out. Yeah, I mean, we, we're quite early on in the uh, previous season. I mean, if, if we ignore the unofficial spoilers as they were, I mean, we're only in, at the moment of recording day three of, I think it's going to be 15 days or maybe 11 days or something like that of previews. So we're quite yeah. early in the previews. I mean, we've only got like 60, 70 old cards maybe. And most of them, of course, the rarer cards. And as we mentioned last episode, or was it even the episode before, where commons are the bulk of the cards you're going to see. This is true. So, uh, I mean, commons and uncommons will far more define the speed of the format than the big bomb rares. Yeah. So, shall we have a quick look at common examples with the abilities on them, if we can? Um, like, here's one, actually. Uh, Nessian Asp. Um, this is a 5-mana green creature, 4 and a green, um, for a 4-5 at common with reach, which instantly seems pretty awesome to me because it's only one more mana than a giant spider, but it gets 2 extra power and 1 extra toughness. Yeah, that's actually... So for a common, I'm pretty happy with that. But it is a common with monstrosity as well, so it actually does do even more. Um, unlike the rares, which have you know triggers that happen when you when you activate your monstrosity, it is a common, so it's a lot simpler. It's just got monstrosity 4 for 7 mana. So you pay 7 mana, and you get 4 counters on it. Which, <sighs> that's, a, that's an 8-9 as a common yeah. card. That's crazy. I mean, it's a lot of mana, but yeah. it's fine as it is before you, you monstrosity it, so it's like a, just a really nice bonus. But again, it's an expensive sort of cost. So I think odds are the monstrosity is always going to be a bit like, pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, because, I mean, if you're going to be making a creature huge, you don't want people to be able to do it too early in the game. That would just be pretty unfun and overpowered. So, yeah, it's, it's quite cool. So we can see that they are going to have monstrosity on commons, which a few people were saying that they didn't expect to see. 
um, I've heard quite, I've, I've read a couple of articles which said that they thought monstrosity was going to be just something that was seen at rares and, well, mythics. But yeah, so we have, have got it on a common there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we have a common devotion yet. Um. But we do have common scry and we have common heroic. And so, as well. Oh yes, we do. So an example of a common heroic card would be, um, a Crowan Crusader, which is a red card, uh, one red mana. And it's a 1-1. One, one. So 1-1 one, one for 1. Pretty cheap. Um, and it has heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, you get to put a 1-1 one, one red soldier creature token with haste onto the battlefield. So it's not particularly impressive. But if you're, if you're going to have a 1-1 one, one in your deck, then it's at least giving you some kind of value whenever you kind of try and pump it up to kill another creature. Yeah. So, I mean, they're... they're it's good that, I think it is good that they're going to try and have stuff on the, the cheap, on the commons as well. Yeah, I think it's important because, you know, the themes have to go across all the rarities because if you don't see it a common, then you're not going to see it that often, really. Yeah. Because of how scarce arguably the other cars are, so. Yeah, this I, mean, is I think, true. I think they said that, I think Maru even said that during the Innistrad design that, you know, you need, uh, maybe it's a new world order thing as well where, you know, if you have a theme in your, in your uh, set, yeah. you need to see it from common onwards. You do, yeah. Well, so, so Scry. Um, I'm gonna to go to my favourite Scry card at Common, cause there's actually two or three already. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's kind of been tacked onto the end of quite a lot of cards as just a little bonus. Um, but this is probably one of the places where it's most relevant. Um, it's a card called Read the Bones, um, which is two and a black for Scry two, draw two, and then lose two life. Um, which is kind of similar in a way to 4C, although that was an uncommon blue card that had Scry 4 draw to. Um, so, you know, it's it's not actually that far behind that on the power level. In classic black fashion, it also makes you lose a little bit of life, but yeah, it's a really cool black draw spell. It's it, really strong. Yeah, it seems good even with the lose two lives, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, even getting a black divination... Like, I mean, look at Sign and Blood. Um, that's pay two to draw two and lose two. Paying one extra mana. Um, well, I mean, technically, two colorless mana is kind of one black anyway. So it's it's only marginally more expensive, and you get to scry two first, which is really strong. Yeah. Uh, if you don't need land and, and the top two cards of your deck are land, you get to put them on the bottom and then draw two others. So it's like you're actually drawing four, because if you'd drawn the, the land, they would have been useless. So... Yeah, it's it's really strong for black for draw, which annoys me. I want blue to be stronger. <laughs> blue has a lot of gifts already. It does. Let's be honest. Although, yeah, I also agree. Blue totally needs to be stronger. Blue and red. Cut the other colours. Who cares? <laughs> Reprint Joyra. Reprint Joyra. Make her a uh, walker. Um, so basically, what you want is us to do return to return to Ravnica, but in a state. Where is it has just destroyed all the other guilds? So the only cards that are in the set are is it cards? I think I want, uh, back to the future site return to return to Ravnica. It's, it's Ravnica <laughs> while in the future where is it haven't just destroyed the other guilds. It's just the other guilds have realized the, the true ingeniousness of is it. The entire plane of Ravnica 
now just follows the as its guild. And all the time <laughs> bubbles which happen because of Teferi and Joyra have, have kind of slipped into Ravnica. So we get a whole bunch of time mechanics. We get a whole bunch of lightning mechanics, craziness mechanics. I mean, it's just, it's basically just raw pandemonium, elemental blue and red, all the good stuff, all the fun. Um, yeah, where you just play an entire game of deck manipulation and then cast one spell with Storm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds like my sort of set. So, um. I'd be happy to draft that. I'd just draft Mono Blue. <laughs> you monster. If Perfect. half the cards in every pack are blue, then you've got a good chance of getting it. <laughs> true, true. Need to work on that Joyra Commander Cube deck, yeah. <laughs> oh, please no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. right. Um, so you said we had a common, well, we have a cycle of common bestows. Yes. Um, so this are, these are the nymphs. Uh, I thought one of them was a nymph dryad. Uh, <laughs> I still find that funny. Uh, where are they? Right, so the white one. Oh god, I remember why I didn't want to talk about these. They've all got <laughs> names I can't pronounce. Okay. Observant Alciad. Yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, two and a white for a common enchantment creature nymph. It's a doo-doo! It has to bestow four and a white, and it's got vigilance. So it's a two-two of vigilance for uh, two and a white, so slightly more expensive than your sentinel sliver. Yep. Uh, but of course, for five mana, it gives plus two, plus two in vigilance to whatever it enchants. Yeah, see, this reminds me a little bit of uh, Knightly Valor, because for five mana, which is what Knightly Valor costs, you get to give a creature plus two, plus two in Vigilance, um, which is exactly the same, and if the creature dies, you get your two-two with Vigilance. So it's it's very similar to Knightly Valor, I think. You know what this Ex- also reminds me of? Totem Armor, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where a lot of the Bestow things... Pro- that's probably where the inspiration for Bestow came from, I reckon. Mm. Partially from that, at least. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's... Um, I mean, obviously, at some point, they were thinking about having enchantment creatures. So they probably combined the two ideas to come up with Bestow. Yeah. Um, the blue one, Nimbus... Nyad. Nyad. Yeah, let's go with that. Nimbus Nyad. Two in a blue. Two, two. Nymph. Bestow, five. Again, four in a blue. It has flying, or gives plus two, plus two, and flying. See, that's a little bit cheaper in a way because flying's a lot more valuable than vigilance. Like, yeah. paying three for two two flyers, not really that, not really below curve, it's about, it's pretty much on curve for a common. Also, if you have a two two with vigilance, you're able to bash in and defend. Exactly. That, so... that is, pr- that, that, that sometimes does help. But I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd play a Windrake. It's a Windrake, but better. Um, because you can just randomly get your Windrake later and make something else bigger now. Um, and also the fact that you can cast this on an already reasonably sized creature to make them even bigger and flying can put a pretty fast clock on your opponent. Like, say on turn four you manage to play a 4-4, four, four, which I know is a little bit better than normal, but say it's a 4-4, four, four, or even a 4-3 or 4-2. Uh, if you manage to put this on it, you get to start attacking with six power in the air, which is quite strong. Yeah. The black one, Cavern Lampad, three in a black for two two with Intimidate, or Bestow five in a black, which slightly more expensive both for the creature and for the Bestow. But Intimidate, well, if you can get that on a non-black creature, then that's pretty rare. And well, having Intimidate in general is okay, but I yeah. don't know if I like a two two Intimidate for four. That seems too pricey. No, I mean it's Intimidate is generally a little bit worse than flying. Hmm. So to make it more expensive as well, I mean, it's cause it's black, so they, they kind of, 
generally make it a little bit more expensive for a similar effect. But I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not keen on it at all, to be honest. Spear point or red. Oread. Oread. <laughs> uh, two and a red. Again, two, two. It has first strike. Five and a red to give plus two, plus two and first strike. Yeah. Two, that two seems with first fair. strike seems okay. Yeah, I mean. I think I they do have to make it. No, I, I don't know. I think, honestly, one more mana on the bestow cost to give first strike instead of flying is probably slightly more powerful because if they've got a flyer, yeah, that's true, because it, it just becomes nigh on impossible to kill. When you're paying six to put this on your biggest creature at the time, it's going to be very difficult for them to kind of stabilise unless they have removal right there, right then, which for a common card is pretty good. I mean, you don't need much to put this on to make it good. No. I mean, four power is already is very strong for first strike, so you only need something with two power already, and any more is just gravy. Yeah. Uh... Finally, Leaf Crown Dryad, uh, one and a green for two two with reach. Or you can bestow for three and a green to give plus two plus two in reach. Yeah. This, so, I mean, obviously this is the cheapest. Yeah. I like this the most kind of because of that because, I mean, two two with reach, okay, that doesn't impress me, but it, it's still a bear for two. Yeah. With a little bit of upside, but having plus two plus two in reach, I mean, again, the ground creatures tend to be bigger than flying creatures, and when you're giving an extra plus two plus two, you may just block in the air all day long. Yeah, I, I do quite like this actually. Um, four mana is very reasonable for the effect, mm-hmm. and that's probably what you're mostly going to want to do with this one. Like the other ones, you've got a much bigger chance of having to cast them vanilla. Yeah, but this guy is pretty much always going to be bestowed. The only reason you're not going to bestow him is because you've got no other creatures. But if you're at four mana and you've got no creatures in play and no other creatures than this in your hand, you're probably not doing very well anyway. No, no. <laughs> so I wouldn't worry about that too much and just basically expect to bestow this all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like it though. It's good. Yeah. Alright, do we, we don't have any common, um, oh, what is it? What's the common devotion yet? No, I don't think we've seen that yet. Devotion, I think Devotion's the least common thing we've seen, to be honest. Yeah, there's only been a couple of cards. I mean, there's the blue one that I already spoke about, um, Master of Waves, and I think I might be missing something, but there's only, what, two? Oh, no, there's one, Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Oh, right. It is a five-mana, two-four zombie, three and double black, and it has... When Grey Merchant of Asphodel enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where X is your devotion to black. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. So, not massively powerful. No. But, to be honest, even on its own, 5 mana for a 2-4 that drains them for 2 isn't terrible at common. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'd pay 4 mana for a 2-4, so adding 1 mana on to drain them for 2. I mean, if you look at... uh yeah, if, if you look at Bloodhunter Bat, that's kind of like a, a wind drake with one more mana added on so that it can drain them for two. So the fact that you've already got a few other black cards out, I think this is actually quite decent. Um, it probably shows that Devotion's going to be at least decent at common as well as other, other rarities. Yeah. So I quite like it, actually. Cool. So all the mechanics are common. Yep. Which kind of goes along with what you would expect from... Kind of 
what Mark Rosewater said in the past. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. We've touched on gods, heroes, monsters. I don't think there's anything else that's been spoiled that we should talk about, really. Uh, we've done the reprint. It's only one at the moment, isn't it? Just yeah. Uh, no, nah, I can't think there's anything else valuable in the set, which we probably haven't spoken about or important of the set. Nah, definitely not. No flagship mechanics we've missed, you know. No. No. Um, no. Oh, actually, can I talk about another card before we head off? Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, I, uh, I, I kind of like it. I mean, I think the artwork's pretty, and that's primarily the main reason I want to talk about it. So, uh, four white and a white, uh, Oh, it's a mythic. I don't know why. Uh, this is a card called Elspeth, Sun's Champion. Oh, okay. I must have missed that one. Uh, it's Planeswalker Elspeth, which has loyalty four. Um, I guess that's a thing. Let's see. What's it got? Oh, Eric de Champs. Eric de Champs. He does good artwork, yeah. He does. Yeah, okay. I might as well read the rest of the card while I'm here. Uh, plus oh, one. Uh, you put three one one white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield. Okay, so that's... That's basically the minus ability of um, Elspeth Terrell. Yes. Minus three. Destroy all creatures with power four or greater. We've seen a lot of big creatures, especially when they get monsters. Yeah. And that doesn't even kill her either. Like, that still keeps her on one yeah. loyalty. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. That's a good sweeper. And uh, minus seven. You get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have flying. Nice. Win the game if you can get there. Yeah, well, I mean, if you've been... The, the thing is, to get to the minus seven, you have to have plus one at least three times. So, so you you've created nine, nine tokens. I mean, yeah. yeah, you've probably had to chomp with some of them to protect Elspeth, but still, even if you've got, what, two or three of them, that's already, like, a massive bonus. And the other thing to point out as well is if you do manage to kind of get her up to eight loyalty and then ultimate her and then start creating creatures again... They won't die to a minus three if you end up using it. Because they'll uh, yeah, be power so three. And three, have... three flyers which do not die to ra- her wrath effect, yeah. And if she does end up wrathing, then they're going to be the biggest things in the board with flying, so. Jeez, yeah, I mean, okay, I, I know that's, that's people... quite far-fetched to be fair. <laughs> Some people said this is the bad Elspeth and maybe it's not as powerful as the other two, but this is, this still seems like a good card because she protects herself quite well. I mean, obviously tramples an issue, but. Yeah, no, I, I think this is the second best Elspeth. I don't think it's as good as the original, because the original is nuts. Okay. But um, it's, I'd say it was better than Terrell. Or, wait, is Terrell not the first one? I mean, no, uh, the first one, they, they actually just called Elspeth Knight Errant. Oh, okay, right. right <laughs> the, the second one in uh, Scar's Block was called Elspeth Terrell, um, which is a okay, little bit back to front, because yeah. they how they usually do it. Yeah, okay, that confused me. Um, so that now we have the, the third Elspeth, Elspeth's son's champion. But yeah, I'd say she was better than Elspeth Terrell because Elspeth Terrell was, her possibility was to gain life for each creature you had. Her minus ability was to put three one ones into play. And then her minus five or, I think it was five, was to destroy all non-token permanents. So she had to sacrifice herself, I guess. Yeah. So she did kill herself in that. Um, oh, it might be non-token. It's non-token on land. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, but yeah. So it was basically when it when she ultimated, unless you already had some other token producers to make lots of tokens, um, all you're going to be left with is maybe a couple of one ones. So it wasn't particularly impressive. It generally didn't win the game, and all she 
usually done for you was get you some one ones, which in limited would still win a lot of games. Yeah. But yeah, this one is a lot stronger. It can easily win the game on its own. Like being able to pump out, play, put out three creatures, um, and then be able to kind of chump block with those creatures. So if your opponent's playing creatures to try and attack you, if those are over four power, then they're like having to create, somehow get three a turn, which then makes them really vulnerable to the minus three. So they play really well together and that it forces your opponent to overcommit if they want to get past the three blockers. Yeah. Um, and all the while you're threatening just getting to your minus seven. So I think it's a lot stronger. I mean, it's obviously one more mana than Elspeth Terrell. Um, but I think it's well worth it. Like, even just one more mana to turn the token creation into a plus one instead of, I think it was a minus one, um, is a lot stronger. I'm very excited for this card. It's certainly the best Planeswalker revealed in this set so far. Oh, what do you mean by that? Are you inferring there's more Planeswalkers? Well, there has been one other Planeswalker revealed. It was only today, though. It was only today. Um, I'm looking at Kibler's article in Star City Games just now. Ah, I didn't see the the uh, the article that revealed it. Uh, have you seen the Theros trailer? No, I haven't. But I have right. seen artwork for this guy on it already. Okay. Um, if you watch the, the uh, trailer, let's just say there's a little thing at the end, and uh, you may recognize it when you start looking at this card. Anyways, the other Planeswalker revealed so far, although there is a third one yet unrevealed. Yeah. Um, this guy is Xenagos the Reveler. He is a satyr Planeswalker. Although, obviously, he only has a type Planeswalker Xenagos. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's two red and green four mana Gruel Planeswalker. He has three loyalty when he comes into play. Uh, plus one, add X mana in any combination of red and or green to your mana pool, where X is the number of creatures you control. So, rampy goodness in Gruel. Zero, put a 2-2 red and green satyr creature token with haste onto the battlefield. So, he also defends himself. Minus six, exile the top seven cards of your library. You may put any number of creatures and or land cards from amongst them onto the battlefield. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm excited, personally. Um, I mean, ramping into stuff seems good. Yeah, I mean... I, mean, I don't I mean, know what's... It- he doesn't. I don't, I don't like him that much. I'll be honest. Oh. I maybe just haven't quite came up with the situations where he's really good. But yeah, I don't know. He's just not that. He doesn't impress me yet. I think well, he gets flexible mana, and you probably have a couple of creatures in play, so you can probably just play one of your big monsters quicker than your opponent. I mean, yeah, or maybe I mean, even get up to the monstrous quicker than you know your opponent was hoping for. I suppose on the bright side, if you. You can just play him and make tutors, which is worth it for the cost. Yeah. Like, getting a planeswalker that can create tutors every turn is, is going to be good enough. But Yeah, with haste, so you can... If you're, yeah, if you're aggressive, you, I mean, he works well for that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sold on this one. Not at all. I, it's I it's going to be good and limited. It's just not going to be amazing. Well, in I'm general. Not, oh. I'm so excited for this guy, but <laughs> now that I've come to being excited, now that you sort of, you know... Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm and... completely wrong. I don't know. Like, I mean, he's four mana. He's well-costed, so that could, like, change everything. I mean, that's why Elspeth is going to be a lot stronger in Limited, and this, why this, ex- this guy might be more of a constructed card. This guy excites me more than Dorney Raid did. Ooh, I don't know. 
Okay, right. I, Card I advantage in red, green. I, I just, I can't turn that down. Okay. <laughs> I, I see we're on different sides of the fence. And yeah. Jason Chan artwork, though. That, that does help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jason Chan, he's the man. Awesome. He's pretty good. He's quite pretty good at planeswalkers. Yeah. Especially blue planeswalkers. Like yeah, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, those were the two bugbears which we were intentionally ignoring. There is a third planeswalker to come. Um, yep. Kiora Tura, I don't see happening now. Now that there's been a green planeswalker announced, I, I guess we're looking at a black or blue or maybe a black blue planeswalker? I don't know. Maybe. We will see. We will see. I'm not. I'm not. There's no point even trying to speculate on this one. It's a <laughs> brand new planeswalker, so I mean, I joke that it could be Tezzeret because that's the blue and the black, yeah, which yeah. you know we're missing. But it's it's not a planeswalker we've seen before, so who knows? Um, Although I have to say one more thing about Zeragos mm-hmm. is he is a planeswalker at the moment, but in artwork for Journey to Nyx, the one that had Elspeth and <gasps> they were you spoiled it. <laughs> Nicol Bolas <laughs> the one that had Nicol Bolas <laughs> there was uh, also a really big demon creature that looked a lot like this guy I so, did not spot that so I wonder if he perhaps becomes a god you should definitely watch the trailer and that's all I'm going to say on the map yeah I probably should yeah that's just uh, well just watch the trailer Everybody should watch it. the trailers. <laughs> this trailer is especially good. Like this, is, I think this is the best magic trailer we've had. Ah, uh, okay. They're they're getting better at their animation and. Uh, I don't know. I just okay. I don't like the two D models moving a little bit. Animation that they seem to like. Eh, it's uh, as I say. I think this is the best trailer so far. And uh, yeah, <sighs> so yeah, if only they could just like do something three D, that would be awesome. I mean, yeah, okay, it costs them a lot more, but they're <laughs> a big company. Come on, yeah. Like, look at the League of Legends trailers and, and stuff like that. Like, they make these trailers and honestly, they're mostly just there f- for existing players just to, like, show them something cool for the game because a lot of them aren't actually really used that much for advertising. But they're just really cool. And I don't know, like, I've been very unimpressed with the, uh, Wizards trailers so far. I'll look at this one. Uh, the re- that's the reason I haven't looked at it yet because I didn't expect it to be good but I'll look at it and I'll give it a chance and I'll tell you what I thought of it next time you should definitely watch the trailer it's it's good I mean okay it's not it's not going to blow your mind this is not a Blizzard Entertainment cinematic because you know they're amazing at cinematics and clearly terrible at making judgments about card games yes <sighs> anyways we're done I think yep yeah, I think we've covered most of the cards. Um, we'll probably cover more as we go on. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to touch on more next week and maybe yeah. have a better idea of how the format's panning out. Yep. And we'll have even more cards to talk about. Yay! Yay! Right. Let's get out of here. We're Tumblr. We're Tumblr? We are Tumblr. <laughs> yes! We are Tumblr. We are Tumblr. Delving into draft.tumblr.com. That is us, Tumblr. We're Facebook. <laughs> Delving to draft. Uh, we are Gmail. Delving to draft at gmail.com is the official Gmail email address to get into yep. old stuff. Delving to draft. Um, I am Twitter as Ravak underscore. Dan is Twitter as Dark and Mad. Steve is Twitter as Toe Jam Horse. We're all Twitter. We are all Twitter. Twitter is just out. <laughs> Your host for this week were me, Craig, and you, Dan. That's me. 
Uh, the intro to music is Kevin McLeod. The name of the song is The Cannery. And this is Royalty Free Music License of the Creative Commons by Tributation 3.0. Syntax went there, don't know where the semantics <laughs> went there, but uh, I just ran with it. I don't know, I think it was good just having a slightly different outro for a change. <laughs> uh, and it was quite funny. <laughs>